Good morning, this is Fullerton Professional Organizing, or good afternoon. Um, excuse the ponytail, I'm a little casual today, but we are going to do our Bible study today. Today is Wednesday, and today's topic is resources are tied to your identity. And remember, you know, the first one was, who are we in heaven? Because who God has called us to be on earth is tied to who he sees us in heaven and how he created us and what our purpose is here on earth. And so um, we're going to read this. Here is the thing. And remember, this is Graham Cook's teaching. And so he is speaking. And then I'm just going to interject here and there. Here is the thing. You are never ready for the call of God. That's true. You're never re really ready to be an adult. You're never really ready to be a parent. And you're never really ready for whatever it is that God calls you to do. But at some point, if you do not stand up and confess it, if you are not willing to take yourself seriously, then the Lord is going to withhold stuff until you do. Now, I don't know about him withholding stuff from you, but I know that there are blessings that you can only get from giving. And, um, and when you do what God has called you to do, that's what you're doing. You're giving, you're sharing, you're, um, you know, so all of your resources are tied into your confession. Your resources are tied into your identity and your identity has to be confessed. Now, for me, I think confession, um, I, don't, I don't see confession the way a lot of Christians see confession. I see confession as something for you. I think it just changes your, it. it's something that changes your mindset because I there's no power. I don't think that, you know, there's power in us just repeating something over and over and over, except that it changes our mindset and our heart. And, uh, it helps us, helps us to be more mindful of these things. That's why it says in God's word to meditate on God's word, because when we meditate on God's word, it sinks into our mind and it sinks into our heart. It's not that it has magical powers. It's just something that, um, the more you hear positive words and the more you hear God's word, the more it sinks into your heart and you tend to trust that God's going to bring it into, God's going to, you know, help bring it to pass. Because truly, our trust is in Jesus. Our trust is in what he does in our life, not in what we can talk ourselves into. So, um... When you confess your identity, then the resources attached to it can actually begin to come. When you get a prophetic word and you read it through and you pray about it, you believe it is the word of the Lord. At some point, you have to stand before God and say, Father, 
and read out the prophetic word and say, I accept this prophetic word into my life and I accept all the resources that come with it. And I will partner with the Holy Spirit and I will step into this place deliberately. See, remember, we learned that every word in God's Bible is prophetic word over our life. Now, there are certain parts that God says is specifically for our calling that we are called to on earth because in other parts of the Bible, it says some are called to be teachers, some are called to be uh, prophetic, some are called to all of these different things. So all of us as Christians, we have our own lane. I feel like my lane is as a teacher and prayer warrior and encourager. That is what I feel like God has called me to do. So any scriptures in the word of God that pertain to that is specifically to me. But every word in the Bible is for everyone in the Bible, no matter what their specific calling is. Um, okay, I lost my place. So when we get a prophetic word and you read it through and you pray about it, you believe it is the word of the Lord. At some point, you have to stand before God and say, Father, and read out the prophetic word and say, I accept this prophetic word into my life and I accept all the resources that come with it and I will partner with the Holy Spirit and will step into this place deliberately. It's just like revival. We want revival, but you know what? We have a part to play in revival for our church and for our nation. We can't just sit back and wait for the Holy Spirit to completely start it. You know, the Holy Spirit speaks to each one of us individually in our homes when we do Bible study. He speaks to us individually when we're listening to our pastors in church. And God is speaking to us at all times. Um, I feel like the Lord told me recently, we have to usher in revival. We have to step into it. We can't just let it wait for it to fall on our home and fall on our family and fall on our church. We invite the Holy Spirit in and we step into it and we usher it in. Just like he says here, deliberately. I will start to think to myself in this way. Remember, we're we're using God's word to change our mindset of how we think and how we live and how we act. It's not a magic pill. It's just a mindset. I will start to see myself in this way. We have to trust God's word and believe it as God's word. I will start to speak in this way. I will start to walk in this way. I will start to act like the man because that is who you are making me into. That's who we are becoming. We're not becoming perfect. We're becoming what God has called us to. It's a process. 
So I am going to partner with my identity with the Holy Spirit so that together I am going to be made in the image of God in exactly the way that you said. It is a deliberate verbal response. I choose to step into this. I give you permission to remind me about this and you have to tell your friends to remind you. So I said, okay, okay, I will say it. I waited until I was doing a conference. Remember, he was called to ministry and he didn't want to profess it to everybody. So he had a conference 700 miles away and I stood up in this conference and I said, I just want you all to know that I am a prophet in this nation. And everyone is looking at me and said, is he weird? Now, of course, that's probably what he was thinking in his mind, but they probably weren't really thinking he was weird. Some people are looking at you going, boy, he's got a big head. But also, it's the way you present it. If you tell people that God has called you into a certain ministry, um, you know, they either take it or they don't, right? Anyway, I do the meeting and I get back to my hotel room. I walk in the door and the phone is ringing. It is my mentor. I pick up the phone and he says, that does not count, I said. What does not count, he said. You babbled babbled it 700 miles away. That does not count. I said, who told you? He said, who do you think? I said, come on, dude. That is cheating. He said, I need all the help I can get with a little reprobate like you. Now do it in the right place. And he hangs up the phone, hangs the phone up on me. You know, mentors are intended to push us a little bit so I did it in my hometown church. I stood up and I said, I just want you all to know that I believe God has called me to a prophet and a prophet is what I intend to be. See, now that's the way you announce it. You tell them, you know, you make sure they know that God has called you into a ministry and you let everyone know what your ministry is. And then you start speaking as such. And there was silence and then somebody snickered and then a few people laughed and a few people got up and walked out. Now I'm not sure why that would happen because hopefully if you go to a church that's going to laugh at you, uh, you're not going to a church that's laughing at you. They're going to pray for you and pray you through it. What on earth are you doing? That was the most idiotic thing I have ever seen you do, and I have seen you pull some lunatic stuff. Then you realize that not everyone is going to be happy about who you are. You have to be it anyway. You have to be faithful to it. If God has called you to it and you know it, you've got to do it. There's just no way around it. Because it's a little nagging voice that just keeps telling you to keep going. Um, then it seemed like for every other event for the next couple of years, he said he had to confess that he was prophet until pretty much everybody in the whole corner of England had heard this. Do you hear that Cook is saying about himself? He is a prophet now, now apparently. It does not matter how other people perceive you. It matters how you perceive yourself. Only you can live your life. Guys, you have to live it. We are not too old and we are not too young. 
we are just the right age for something brilliant to happen. Now, this has been happening to me lately. Now, of course, I told you I'm not called to be a prophet, so um, I'm not speaking into that. Uh, I am a teacher, I am a prayer warrior, and I am an encourager. But sometimes when I share things that I feel like God has placed on my heart, and these are not hard things, these are just ordinary things um, that I feel like God has told me that that it that I've never heard before. And I think that's the key. Um, maybe I've heard it, but didn't receive it the way it was supposed to be received, or I read it and I didn't understand it in this way. But sometimes I will read the Bible and I will get a message from it and I then I will share it and then I will start second guessing. I mean, I will share it with so many people and then the very next day I'll be like, oh my gosh, these people think I'm crazy because I don't even know where this came from. I'm not even sure if I'm, you know, if I'm getting what I'm getting. I start totally totally freaking out the next day. I share something and it's passionate. I'm passionate about it for the whole entire day. I'm passionate about what I'm teaching. And then the next day I have all this doubt and it comes over me. And just like him, oh my gosh, she's crazy. She's crazy. She doesn't know what she's talking about. These are the things that come into my mind. This was just happening to me yesterday because I shared some scriptures the day before yesterday. I shared uh, with some people I trust, thank goodness. And then to yesterday, the whole day, I started thinking, oh my gosh, these people are going to think I'm crazy. I don't even know if I know what I'm talking about. Uh, they and, um, I mean, they're, you know, I just had a bunch of negative talk yesterday. So now I'm kind of feeling a little better here after reading this. I just have to believe that when God gives me something, even if I feel like the next day I'm in error, that God will um, just speak to each individual that I shared with and give them the knowledge that of what they're supposed to get out of it. Not what I think they should get out of it, but what God is telling them through it. Because sometimes I share things with people that I'm not, that I'm passionate about. And then the very next day I feel like, oh my gosh, people are going to think I'm crazy. That's the devil. Okay. That is the devil. And he, you know, that is the way he works in our minds. Think us, think we're crazy. In that identity, in that persona, we are invested with three things. Legal authority over the enemy, but only legal authority if we're using in Jesus' name. It's not our power. It's God's power. Permission to overcome every obstacle and elevated status in Christ. We are invested with three things. Legal authority over the enemy. Your identity gives you authority in the spirit world. That is why you need to confess it and experience it and encounter it and live it. Your identity gives you permission to overcome every obstacle against you. And it gives you elevated status in Christ. You need to learn to act from a place above your circumstances, not a place below 
your identity and excuse if you hear the vacuum just excuse it it's real life um you need to learn to act from a place above your circumstances not a place below your identity gives you elevated status in your circumstances it's not saying oh we're higher than people we're higher than everybody else. No, it's the circumstances that we encounter in our everyday life that we don't let circumstances um, control the way we feel because we trust in Jesus and the outcome, not in the current uh, situation or circumstances. Think of it this way. If you are in Christ, so are all your circumstances, right? Because Jesus already knows about the circumstance before you do. He knows how you're going to respond to the circumstance before you do. And he knows the outcome because he's the one that provides the outcome. He's the one that provides the answer. He's the one that is going to bring your circumstances into his plan. And um, therefore... We trust him for the outcome of all circumstances, right? But you have to prove that. If you are in Christ, so are all your circumstances. Prove it. Don't let it get to you, you know. I've had lots of things that have got, brought me to tears. My husband and I have been through things. Now, everybody has been through things, okay? So, our things are not our circum bad circumstances aren't uh, you know worse than any other person's circumstances but we've had to trust God through them so we have to prove God is God in our own life we have to trust God and prove that he is trustworthy in our own life prove it in your circumstances I am in Christ my circumstances have to fall to Christ have to fall to me because of Christ in them and the outcome I will put it another way all of heaven is attracted to Jesus in you it's Jesus in you come on this is what it means to be a game changer you know who you are in Jesus and you know that you know that you know that all heaven is attracted to Jesus in you you are a magnet for favor you are a magnet for blessing. You are a magnet for power because of Jesus. Not because of you, but because of Jesus living in you. All of heaven is attracted to Christ in you. Christ in you. The expectation of glory. We have to prove it. Game changers prove it. Warriors prove it. Champions prove it. That is what experience is. Trust in the if when you trust in Jesus, you trust that the outcome is going to be the right outcome. Experience is something that we know because we have proved it and it is in our life. It is not a thought. It is not a concept. It is a proven part of our identity. I know this is true. When God shows up in your life and calls us to specific tasks, he is introducing us to our persona as he defines it. And... You know, a lot of people that don't be believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, 
like we do, they um, don't understand that if we hadn't had the experiences with Christ that we've had, we wouldn't believe it either. The only reason we stand our ground and know what we believe, that we believe, that we believe, is that we have asked God for direction. We've prayed and we've had miraculous things happen in our lives. Now, I have never had, you know, a, a miracle like a broken bone is set without going to the doctor and, and, and stuff like that. But we can see and we know what God is doing in our heart and mind and we know it without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and that's why we stand on our beliefs and can't we can't go back on what we believe because we know what God has done in our life. That gives us an elevated status on earth. David becomes king. All right, my vacuum stopped. Hopefully that hasn't been too loud. All right, sorry. Uh, that gives us an elevated status on earth. David becomes king because he got a prophetic word from Samuel and he proved it against Goliath. Goliath is speaking to him the language of intimidation. Language is important in the spirit. If you do not know who you are, you will be intimidated by somebody else's language. When you know who you are and when you are in intimately acquainted with who you are and who Jesus is in your life, then your intimacy with God in your identity and your language become the most intimidating thing about you. Goliath said to David, I am going to feed your body to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David says, oh, is that right? Now, of course, that's paraphrased. It's not in those exact words. I see your intimidation and I raise you 500. I am going to feed your body and all your friends to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Now, David was brave because God had already proved to him uh, all that Dave, David had an, such a relationship with Jesus and God, the Father, that he knew exactly who he was and what his capabilities were through Christ. David knew he couldn't do it, but he knew God could do it because God had proved himself to him over and over and over. And that's all you have to do is ask God for proof. Ask God for proof that he is God. He will show you that he is God. But you have to be willing and willing to want him to show you. And David runs toward him. David runs toward the giant because David knows one thing that Goliath does not know. David has a prophecy from Samuel that he is going to be king one day. I am not king today. That means I cannot die today. So it sucks 
to be you right now. Okay, I don't like the word sucks in this teaching. Um, and if I had seen it before I read it out loud to you, I would have skipped over it. Um, I just don't think that's a language that should be um, used. But anyway, the lesson, nevertheless, is still the same. I am not king today. That means I cannot die. So that mean, that is bad. That means that Goliath is going to die, not David. I thought that was a very huge revelation. So he ran at Goliath like he was running through an open door into this his destiny because Goliath was a doorway into a higher and better place. He knew that nothing could prevent him from inheriting because he had a word from the Lord. God had already proved to him. God had already told him he'd be king. Prophecy comes in useful. That is where you quote your identity. You quote it to the giant in front of you. You quote it to the problem that is present. You quote it Quote, who you are. This is who I am. But not because, again, it's a magic pill or a magic wand. It's because God already spoke that to you in your heart and you received it because you trust everything that God tells you. So David becomes king. Abraham becomes the father of many nations, even though he is faced with barrenness in his wife. He just wants one son, and God is saying, I will make you the father of many nations. And Abraham is thinking, that is great. That is cool. I just want one. Just give me one, and we will talk about the rest later. And the Lord is saying, no, you accept this, or you cannot get this. God always works from the whole to the particular. Now, I'm going to step in here, and it may be we may talk about this more later, but remember, Abraham had to um, take his one and only son to, um, he was told to take him and sacrifice him. And we all know when he went to sacrifice him that God provided a ram. But we've got to come back to this. When God says you will be the father of many nations and it's going to be through the only son that you have, you have to realize that when he took Isaac up to that mountain, he knew in his heart that he was going to obey God, but he knew somehow God was going to change the outcome. The outcome had to be different because through Isaac, he was going to be the father of many nations, Abraham and Isaac. Okay, so we'll come back to that maybe, maybe not, but I wanted to interject that to you. God always works from the whole to the particular. If you are going to accept your identity, you have to accept the whole. Abraham had to accept that I am going to be the father of many nations. Then God works from that place into the particular so that he starts out and he gets his first son. You have to accept the whole of who you are to be a game changer. You have to study yourself. You have to study your words. You have to think about them. You have to start seeing yourself the way God sees you. You have to take time out. You need to go buy a journal. 
You need to write those passages down that God speaks to you. You need to write them out. If you have enough passages of scripture, you might need to buy a journal for everyone because you need to study to show yourself approved. You need to study so that you know who you really are. You need to write those things out. You cannot be backward about this. You have to do it as a matter of absolute urgency. Whatever else you think is important, you have to attach some importance to this. Because if you do not, you will let it slip like you have always let it slip. Then you will be dreaming about being a game changer while somebody else is actually fulfilling it. Remember the scripture that says, if you don't cry out to God, the rocks will cry out. And I've always thought, I never want the rocks to cry out in my place. And this is no different. If you don't step out into what God's purpose is for you, no matter how small or how big, it is, then he will choose somebody else to do it. There comes a time when a dream has to become a reality in terms with your partnership with God. You are here because we believe that you are game changers. We believe that you can take initiative. We believe that you are wanting to respond to the fullness of what God wants to be for you. And we believe that everybody in this room, there is no ordinary person in this room, that there might be a whole ton of extraordinary people who are going to do something majestic on the earth because you are discovering who you are. Now, this is talking to a room for a of people, and I'm talking to you here on YouTube. So whoever is listening, this is to you. That is why you are here. You are not here by accident. You are here by design because God wants you to know that this is how you are shown, known on earth. Now, beloved, you have some work to do. You have to study Jesus, but you have to study what he says about you. You have to take it on board. Moses becomes a deliverer. Joseph becomes a prime minister. Deborah, which I have just been studying about in my Bible reading. Um, Deborah was a judge and a prophetess. Esther becomes queen. Mary becomes the mother of Emmanuel, Jesus. This is how you are known on earth. Many of them had dreams, angelic visitations, specific words given to them by God that said, this is how you are known in heaven. This is your calling on earth. This is what I've called you to do. All right, guys, I know I'm 30 minutes in and I'm almost done with this section here. So hold on just a little bit longer. I'm almost done. Um, I have gotten words about being a warrior. So the whole Caleb thing is really important to me. Caleb in the Bible, if you missed some of our previous um, lessons, teachings, <clears throat> Caleb loved majesty. He was a catalyst. He was a game changer himself. He created an environment for people to really start following after the Lord. Part of my identity is prophetic. I love thinking about present, 
future. I love the prophetic gift. I love the mindset of a prophet. I am a teacher. I love favor. I love fullness. I love the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I am a builder. I love to build. There are loads of people out there who can, uh, who I can bless or Jesus can bless, but I am a builder. I need it to build something. I need to have relationships where I can build. So you understand how the words over my own life have shaped my life. That's Graham Cook and my destiny and shaped who I am and how I think about myself. So I do not do meetings. I take assignments. I do not go to places to bless. I go places to build. That means I want to stay with it until something is built. It shapes who you are. It shapes how you see yourself. It shapes who you want to be. It shapes how you show up in places. For an identity upgrade to be established, three things have to happen. They have to happen by design, and they have to happen by cooperation, and by partnership with Jesus Christ. All right, guys, I'm going to end here. I hope I know this was a game changer lesson for you as it was for me, and I will see you on the next podcast. Thank you for listening.